0: Welcome back to Yesterday Today, bringing you the best of Yesterday's Radio Today. I'm Jake. That's McLean. You know the drill. It's the usual. Actually, it's not the usual. It's a bit of a, bit of a different day today. We got paid a visit today by a representative from a government organization that I didn't know existed, the National Committee on Christmas Cheer. Apparently, it's, uh, it's one of those... It's, it's as big... I didn't know this, but this it's as big as like the NSA, the FBI, the C, all that stuff. Uh, it's just kind of under the radar, and they have a lot of power—a surprising amount of power. Anyway, they found that our show was not quite up to snuff with our Christmas cheer. Uh, not the uh, radio shows we play or the music; it was the the, the in-between stuff. Uh, uh, namely, it was the producer in Sydney going kind of going crazy behind the scenes, so they felt the need to step in, and the two of them have been shipped off. They are currently spending the holidays together at a uh, ski resort, I believe it was. I talked them down. They wanted to put him in a cabin in Alaska, but I talked them into the ski resort. I'm very
1: surprised that the producer agreed to spend a week
0: with Sydney at a
1: ski resort.
0: Well, he's being forced to by the government, so I mean, agreed to, it's kind of up in the air. But uh, anyway, to avoid further trouble with this shadowy government organization... I recommend that we uh, we we kind of focus more on the the jolliness, the merriment, the the happy fun times of the season. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's uh yeah.
1: That well, sounded enough reasoning, bells, I suppose.
0: Ah, Mondo, just in time, just in time, my
2: good jingle man. Jingle bells,
1: bose, jingle, jingle, jingle
0: bells. This is our security guard, Mondo. He works in the building and uh looks like he's all decked out. He's he he must have gotten a visit from the representative too. You got a got a pretty good
1: Santa suit on there, buddy. Whoa, Mondo, you're all dressed up there for the season.
2: Oh, oh, no, this, this, this is just, this me work outfit, because me, me has, me has probably, probably me don't want to get ahead of myself on this, but it might be the most important job that anyone else has ever had in our entire lifetimes. Uh, me is the mall center this year.
1: Well, you
0: certainly seem jolly enough for the job. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know we still had them all in this town. I, I kind of thought those were those were dying off these days, but, uh, I mean, it's good good to hear.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they, they, they hired me uh, just uh, last Tuesday. It was last Tuesday. And, you know, somebody, you know, somebody got to put food on the table for me kids. Your kids? Oh, oh. Oh, never mind. Uh, Anyway, uh, what what me is need from you is uh, me is has got to practice. Me is, yeah, me is need practicing with the Santa thing because, you know, me not exactly adept, me not really caught up on all the lore of the Santa. Uh, Me me has not climbed down a single chimney. Me me could barely even fit in the last one me tried. Uh, That did not end well.
0: No, I'll, I'll bet it didn't, but, uh, I mean, th- this whole situation, though, is, it's perfect. This is exactly the kind of, uh, holiday-themed stuff that, uh, the, the committee wanted
1: us to, uh, engage in here, so... Mondo, what exactly do you need to practice? I've never been a mall Santa myself, but, uh, it seems like it's a pretty straightforward job.
2: Well, really, it's all about uh, getting into the character, you know, because he, he is portrayed as he's like he's really happy and he's jolly and everybody loves the guy and he got a white beard and me don't even have any beard. Me is me is pretty, well, me got a little stubble going on, but that's about it. Me me just isn't, uh, you know, me not feeling like me is really inhabiting, inhabiting the role of, of the
1: Santa. Yeah, fair enough. i tell you what. Why doesn't Jake here sit in your lap and tell you what he wants for Christmas? Oh, that' perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah
0: I mean, I'll, I'll play along, but I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit in his lap.
1: But think of how lighthearted and goofy it would be. Uh, no thanks.
0: Uh oh, oh, okay, Mondo. Um. Oh no, 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 no. Santa! You have just
2: got to address me by the road. Santa.
0: Right, 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 Santa. Um, I want a. Uh, puppy for Christmas. I I don't know. What what do kids want these days? I'm not really... Uh, Don't look at me. I became out of touch with the kids years ago. Um, I want a race car.
2: <laughs> oh little child, oh little child, me would love to oblige, me would love to give you that race car, but with the sub- <laughs> the supply chains these days, is you kidding me? <laughs> Not to mention the price of diesel to haul the parts, and and you know the weather in the North Pole has been really bad lately, and it's like you know you try to it's, it's bad enough that you can't get the trucks in on the roads because of the snowplow drivers shortage, and they can't clear the roads up, so the trucks they ain't coming, and. And and, and and even if even if the trucks did come, there's the cost of ranger fees to keep in mind. Because, oh, you know, it ain't cheap keeping <laughs> keeping those suckers in the air, if you know
0: what me mean. <laughs>
1: uh, so you might be out of luck on that one, buddy. All right, I'm beginning to see why you need to practice, Mondo.
0: Uh, so, Mondo, typically a mall Santa would just say something like, you know, oh, we'll see, and then they let the parents decide what to get the
1: kids. Uh, oh, oh. You don't actually have to promise them the gift, or go on our long, rambling explanation of why they can't have it. Okay, we might need more practice on this, then.
0: Right, well, while we're doing that, in keeping with our Christmas theme, I have here an episode of the Lux Radio Theater, the the show that adapted movies into radio programs. And uh, this is It's a Wonderful Life, the all-time classic. And if you've seen that movie as many times as I have, which is a lot of times... Uh, it, it'll be interesting to hear how uh, how they changed things, because, well, obviously they had to trim down the time a bit, because, you know, hour-long radio show, hour-and-a-half, two-hour-long movie, however long it was. Every time I watch it, it feels longer. Um, but anyway, I just thought it would be fun, so here it is. It's a wonderful life. Okay,
2: me made, me made a fake beard. Uh, how, how it looking? How it looking?
0: Oh, yikes. No, don't know. Oh, gosh. Mano, I think
1: you need some better glue. Your, your beard is starting to droop. Oh, that's normal. Don't worry about that.
3: Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore in It's a Wonderful Life. Ladies and gentlemen, your
4: producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we bring you one of the season's most inspiring hits, a Liberty Films production that's been nominated for the highest screen award. Yes, It's a Wonderful Life. And we present it now with its original fine stars, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Jimmy, in the role which won him a nomination for the best performance of the year. Also in our cast is starred that fine comedian, Victor Moore. It's a Wonderful Life is the drama of a typical American. Might be you, it might be me. He dreams of glory, he lives in hope, he loves and doubts, uh, and only providence puts a final value on his service to humanity. This is the story of George Bailey, citizen of Bedford Falls, New York. George Bailey, who more than anything under the sun, wanted to see the world. The wonderful, exciting world that lay somewhere beyond the limits of his hometown. Oddly enough, this story does not begin in Bedford Falls. In fact, it doesn't begin anywhere in the world. It begins in Heaven where the superintendent of angels has just summoned an apprentice angel named Clarence.
5: Oh, I'm really going down to earth, sir?
6: Oh, how
4: splendid. Yes,
6: there's a very discouraged man down there, Clarence, George Bailey. At exactly 10.45 p.m. earth time, he'll be thinking seriously of ending his life. Oh, dear, dear, his life. Now, I want you to stop him if you can. Now, sit down, sit down. I'll give you Bailey's case history.
5: Sir, if, uh, if I should accomplish my mission, may I perhaps get my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and, well, people are beginning to talk.
6: Clarence, what's that book?
5: The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh,
6: fine book. Excellent. Well, you do a good job on George Bailey, and we'll see about your wing.
5: Oh, thank you, sir.
6: Now, listen. When George Bailey was a boy, two events occurred that you should keep in mind. One was when his young brother, Harry, fell through the ice and almost drowned. George saved him. Brother
5: fell through the ice. George saved him.
6: Ever since, has had a bad ear. All that icy water, uh, you understand. Yeah, bad ear, yes, sir. The other event came a few months later. George used to work after school in Mr. Gower's drugstore. One day, Mr. Gower's only son died of influenza. It was a terrible blow, and poor Mr. Gower tried to lose his grief in whiskey.
4: Virgin? Don't hurt my sword again, Virgin. Mr. Gower.
5: Oh, George, That's why I deliver,
4: Mr. Gower. All I wanted was to make sure... George,
6: George. Well, Clarence, that was George Bailey as a boy. When he grew up, he wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association.
5: Building and Loan Association?
6: Oh, I forgot to tell you. George's father was in the building and loan business. He and George's uncle, Billy. High ideals and low bank account. Anyway, George worked for his father and saved enough to see him through the university. That summer, though, he was going to Europe. Got a job on a cattle boat. Do a little traveling before a cop.
7: Boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's hard to realize that My last night in the Bailey boarding house. We're sure going to miss you, George. Oh, I'm going to miss you too, Pop. Hey, what's the matter? You look tired.
3: Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Well,
7: I thought when you put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up. Oh, so did I. I just can't understand a man like Mr. Potter. He can't begin to spend all the money I he I guess Potter
3: owns about everything he wants in Bedford Falls, except our building and loan. That's why he hates us.
7: Hey, George, can I borrow your tuxedo studs? Yeah, help yourself, Harry. Well, where are they in your suitcase? Uh, I'm not taking a... Tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know. Hey, say, where'd you get that suitcase anyway? Oh, Mr. Gower, going away present. And one of these days you're going to see that bag all covered with travel labels. Italy, and Baghdad, Samarkand. Could have a pretty full summer, eh? I'm going to have a pretty full life. Hey, why don't you come to the dance tonight? Why? I'd be bored to dance.
4: Well, you couldn't want a better death. Lots of pretty girls.
5: Hey, I got to hurry.
3: I wish we could send
7: Harry to college with you, George. Oh, we've got that all figured out now, Pop. He'll take over my job at the building and loan and work four years like I did, and then he'll go. Well, he's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was.
3: <laughs> Maybe you were born older, George. Huh? George, when you get out of college, I don't suppose you'd come back to the
7: building and loan. Oh, oh no, Pop, I I, I... I just couldn't. I, I couldn't face being cooped up the rest of my life in a shabby little office. I... I oh, I, I'm sorry, Pop. Now, I... I didn't mean that, but it's just this business of nickels and dimes. I'd go crazy. I I want to do something big, something important. In a small
3: way, we are doing something important, George. In that shabby little office, we help people figure out how
7: they can own their own homes. I know, I know, Pop. I I just wish I felt that I... I, I, But I I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd bust.
3: (laughs) You're right, boy. You get yourself an education, then
7: get out of here. Oh, Pop, you... Pop, you want a shock? I think you're a pretty great guy. Well,
3: thanks, George. I'm glad to hear it. Look, um, why don't you go on over to Harry's dance? You'd have a good time. Well, I don't know. Maybe it will drop in.
4: Yeah,
7: maybe it will at that.
5: So, George Bailey went to a dance. Is that important, Joseph?
6: Why, it was at the dance he met Mary Hatch. Oh. And three hours later, he was walking her home. George and Mary were feeling pretty good, Clarence. To matter of fact, wonderful.
8: Buffalo girl, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight?
7: Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo girl, can't you come out tonight? And dance by the light of the moon. Oh, hot dog! Oh boy, Beautiful. just like an organ. At <laughs> least, Jeez, boy, <laughs> hey, you know, you know something. If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town.
8: Well, why don't you say
7: it? I don't know. Maybe I will. Hey, How old are you, anyway?
8: Eighteen. Eighteen? Too young or too old?
7: No, no, no. It's just right. It sort of fits you. Hey, hey, look where we are.
8: Hmm? Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah,
7: I got to throw a rock.
8: Oh, no, Jonah. I love that old house.
7: Well, no. Don't you know about deserted houses? You, you make a wish and then throw a rock.
8: George, but it was such a lovely old place.
7: I wish I lived there. In there? I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Now, watch. What's this. Here we go. How about it, huh? Pretty good shot, huh? Broke a window, huh?
8: <laughs> What'd you wish, George?
7: Oh, I don't know. Not just one wish, a whole hatful. Mary, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. And then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers a hundred stories high and bridges a mile long. And then I'm going gonna... to... Hey, hey, Mary. What is it you want? What do you want, huh? You want the moon? All you got to do is just say the word now. Okay,
8: the moon, I'll take it. Then what?
7: Then what? Well, well, then you could swallow it. And, and it'd dissolve like an aspirin, you know and the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and the ends of your hair, and the, the, uh... You you think I'm talking too much?
3: Yes, why don't you
5: kiss her instead of talking her to her How's that? Uh, youth is wasted on the wrong
7: people. Why? Well, hey, just a minute, mister. Hey, you come back here. I'll show you some kissing hey, if George. you want to... George! Hey, Uncle Billy, look here. I'm going to kiss Mary. Watch. George, get in the car quick. Your father's had a stroke. What? What? George, had... get in, hurry. <laughs>
6: Well, George's father died that night, Clarence. So, of course, George couldn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan had a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor to Mr.
3: What was that you said, Mr. Potter?
6: I said as long as Peter Bailey's dead, let's dissolve the building and loan. We don't need it. Now, wait a minute. Oh, you wait a minute. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. Ideals without common sense can ruin a town. What do we get? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class.
7: Oh, Hold on, Mr. Go. Potter. All oh, I meant no I
6: disrespect, see. George, but...
7: Oh, wait a minute there. Why my father ever started this cheap Penny Annie building alone, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter, this rabble you're talking about. They do most of the working and the paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, Mr. Potter, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book, George. I'm talking about the building and loan. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on that's galling. That's what you're talking about. Well, this town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can borrow a few dollars without crawling to you. Now, come on, Uncle right, Billy. All right, all right, all right. George Yeah, all we heard Was a lot of yelling Boy, oh boy You should have heard, George Yeah, they're in there Voting us out of business
8: Well, who cares I can get another job I'm only 41
7: 45 Well, you get out of here, George You missed your boat trip Do you want to miss college, too? <laughs> George, we've just voted Potter down. We're still in business.
4: Whoopee! We're still in business! We're still in business!
1: But
7: there's one condition, George. They've appointed you to take your father's place. Appoint me? But I'm going to college. Look, this is my last chance. Uncle Billy's your man. Uh, George, you've got to take it. They'll vote with Potter otherwise. They
3: said so. They even said...
5: I know George Bailey didn't go to college.
6: That's right, Terrence. He gave his, his college money to Harry. Harry went instead. But what happened to that good-looking girl? You know, Mary. Oh, George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because Mary went away to school, too. Anyway, George waited four years more for Harry to come back and take over the building and loan. He could still see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields, Venezuela. Except when Harry came home, he wasn't alone. There was a girl with him, his wife. George? Yeah, I'm out here on the porch,
7: mother. I just thought I'd get some air.
0: Well, how, how do you like your new sister-in-law?
7: Oh, she's swell.
0: Looks like she can keep Harry on his toes.
7: Yeah, yeah, and keep him out of Bedford Falls, anyway.
4: What do you mean?
7: Well, Ruth's father, she's he's got a wonderful job for Harry up in Buffalo.
8: Buffalo? Well, that means you...
7: Yeah. You can't... Yeah.
8: George, did you know Mary Hatch is back from school?
7: hmm Yeah, yeah. Nice girl, Mary. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. stop grunting! Mm-hmm. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary. Well, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about Mary. Well, she's not crazy about him. Well, now how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you? How
1: do you... Besides, Sam's away in New York.
7: Oh, and all's fair in love and war. Uh-huh, I see. Okay, Mother. I think I'll go out and find that girl and do a little passionate necking. Oh, George! <laughs> Goodbye, Miss Bailey. By the way, do you want any books at the library?
8: Library? George! George, you go and see Mary. Do you hear? George, is that you out there?
7: Oh, Oh, hello, Mary.
8: Well, are you coming in?
7: I just happened to be passing by here.
8: Oh, I thought you were picketing. Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up your mind? About what? About coming in. Your mother just phoned. She said you were coming over.
7: My mother just phoned? What did she mean? Call oh, I just happened to be passing by, that's all. I didn't... Well? well I, all right, I'll come in for a minute, but I, I didn't tell anybody I was coming here. You, you fella can't go out for a walk nowadays without you. When would you get back?
8: Tuesday. No.
7: When would you get that dress?
8: Do you like
7: it? It's all right.
8: Well, no point standing here on
7: the porch Come on in I, I still can't understand it I didn't tell anybody I was coming here, yeah Would you rather leave? Well, no, I don't want to be rude I Sit down for a while
8: It's nice about your brother and Ruth, isn't it?
7: Yeah, 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 that's all right
8: Don't you like her? Well,
7: of course I like her She's a peach
8: Oh, just marriage in general You're not enthusiastic about, hmm?
7: No, no Marriage is all right for a lot of people It's all right for Harry Sam Wainwright and you
8: for Sam. Mary? It's George Bailey, Mother. What's he want? I don't know. What do you want?
7: Me? <laughs> uh, not a thing. Not a thing. I, I just came in to get warm.
8: He's making violent love to me, Mother. You just tell him to go right back home. Sam said he'd call you tonight from New York, didn't he? I
7: guess so. How about some music?
8: Sam?
7: Mary, gee,
8: it's good to hear your voice. How are you,
7: Sam? I forgot my hat.
8: Hee-haw. What? Oh, I, I was just talking to an old friend of yours, George Bailey. Old
7: Mossback
8: George? Old Mossback George.
7: Well, put him on. I'll talk to him, too. Wait a second. George? He doesn't want
8: to speak to George. He does so. He asked for him.
7: Why'd you call me? Because if you're... I, I'm in a hurry. I get... Sam wants to talk to you. Oh. Oh. Hiya, Sam.
8: George
7: Now, you listen to me, Mary I don't want any plastics And I don't want any job And I don't want to get married Ever to anyone Do you understand that?
4: I want to do what I want to do And, and you're not going to trick me And you're... Mary oh, George. Mary
7: Oh, Mary, darling I, I love you, Mary
5: So George Bailey and Mary Hatch
6: were... George and Mary were married. Mm. And they started off on their honeymoon in Ernie Bishop's taxicab. Hey, where are you two going on this here now honeymoon? We're gonna shoot the
7: works, Ernie. A whole week in New York, a whole week in Bermuda, the highest hotel, the oldest champagne, the hottest music, and the prettiest wave. <laughs> so you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls, huh? Then what? Then what, honey?
8: After that, who cares? That
7: does it. Hey, you know, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed you. Hey, George, that. there's something funny going on over there. Look, look over there at the bank. It looks huh? like I'm run. All right. Pull over a minute, will you, Ernie?
8: George, let's not stop. Please, let's go straight to the station. Now,
7: wait a minute. uh, i better see what it is. I'll be right back. George, please. George!
4: Well, we're back in heaven again, where the superintendent of angels is reviewing the case history of a mortal named George Bailey. Clarence, the apprentice angel, is very eager to depart on his mission to the earth.
5: Poor George Bailey. Oh, he's certainly in desperate trouble, Joseph. I'll go to him at once.
6: Now, you sit down, Clarence, sit down. We're nowhere near the point where George Bailey's thinking of taking his life.
5: We're not?
6: Now, uh, where were we? Uh, Oh, yes, yes. George and Mary had just started out on their honeymoon when they ran smack into the financial panic of 1932. In the waiting room of the building and loan, a hundred frantic people were clamoring for their savings. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Billy? What's happened? All those people out there.
7: This is a pickle, George. All I know is the bank called our loan an hour ago. I had to hand over all our cash. Holy mackerel. whole town's gone crazy. Bank's in the same spot we are. Our charter, What tour. about our charter? Our charter says we have to stay open until 6 p.m. The state can take away our license if we don't. How can we stay open till 6 without any money? George, where are you going? i have to talk to those people. Come on. Now, uh, please. Now, uh, please, folks. Now, uh, just a minute. You'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, look, that's what you, that's what you agreed on when you bought your shares. I got my money!
1: Well, old old
7: money. man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. Then let's take our shares to Potter. Half is better than nothing. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Please, folks, I beg of you not to do this. If Potter gets hold of your shares, you will be owning this building and loan and... He's got the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now, we can get through this thing, all right, but we've got to stick together. We've got to have faith in each other. My husband's out of work. We
8: need
3: money.
7: I've got Dr. Bills to pay.
8: I can't feed my kids on faith. How much do you need? we still got some money. Hey, Mary. Here it is, George. You told me to hold on to it. would have made a nice
7: honeymoon. You bought furniture, too. Hey, now, wait a minute, folks. Listen. I've got $2,000. All right, Charlie, how much do you need? $240. 323 Sycamore. Well, whose home is that? What? Well, Mary, how can I... Well, sure, all right,
6: sure, I'll I'll be there. Clarence, guess what 323 Sycamore was? His mother-in-law's house, huh? Oh, no. Number 323 Sycamore was the old Granville house, the one George threw rocks at and made wishes. Yes, sir, that's where they spent their honeymoon. That's where they started housekeeping. They were still living there two years later when old man Potter asked George to stop over at his office. Sit down, George. Sit down, do. Have a cigar? Well, thank you, sir. Uh, George, you're a young man, married, making, say, $40 a week at the building and loan. $45. $45. Now, if you were some ordinary yokel, I'd say you were doing fine. But George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. He hates the building and loan almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get out of town ever since he was born, but he's trapped. Trapped into frittering his life away, playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. Do I paint a correct picture, George, or do I exaggerate? Well, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is that you're the only man in town who has licked me. George, I want to hire you. Manage my affairs. I'll start you off at $20,000 a year.
7: $20,000 a year? Hey, are you sure you're talking to me? I'm George Bailey. Don't you remember me, the building and loan? Remember?
6: Yes, George Bailey, whose ship has just come in, providing he has sense enough to climb aboard. Well, but but what about the building and loan? Confounded man! I'm offering you a three-year contract at twenty thousand dollars a year. Is it a deal or isn't it? No,
7: no. The answer's no, dog. Gun it. if you offered me a million dollars to stay around this town and play stooge to you, the answer'd still be no. Now let me alone. Don't bother me. <laughs>
8: George, what did Mr. Potter want?
7: Oh, it was nothing. He just talked, talked. I don't know. It was nothing. Oh, gee. Mary Hatch. Mary, why in the world did you ever marry a guy like me, anyway?
8: <laughs> to keep from being an old maid.
7: I was going to see the world, I was going to build things, I was going to give you the moon. Mary, you mean you're on the nest?
6: Well, Mary had a baby, Terrence. A boy. You don't say. Then she had another one. A girl.
5: Well, what do you know?
6: Night after night, George had come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building alone. Potter was really bearing down on him. Then came the war.
7: Hey, uh, telly, get the books from Mr. Carter. Well, you know, that's my brother's picture there, Mr. Carter. He shot down 15 planes, and one of them was just about... Well, well, Mr. Henry F. Potter come to the bank to deposit some more loot,
5: eh? Sure, you old fool. How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? Just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Oh, uh,
6: let me see that newspaper.
5: Here, sorry I can't chat, you old thief.
6: Gotta make a deposit. Yeah, uh, here you are, Horace. Deposit slip, bank book, and a
4: very Merry Christmas to you.
6: You too, Mr. Bailey.
7: can't think anymore. I, I can't. Now where's that money, you silly old fool? You know what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Now get out of my way. I'm going home.
8: George, dear, what's wrong? You haven't said a word since you came home. Oh,
7: well, that banging on that piano, does she have to just keep playing that same piece over and over and over and over again?
8: is it, dear? Another hectic day.
7: Yeah. Yeah, another red-letter day for the baby. Dad,
8: band. Murphy's got a brand-new car. You should see it. What's
7: the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you?
8: I'm sorry, Dad. I Run upstairs, Petey. See if Zuzu's all right. Okay, Mom.
7: Now, what do you mean? What, see if Zuzu's all right. What do you mean? Oh,
8: she caught a little cold coming home from school. She didn't button up her coat. Well,
7: what is it? What is? What do you mean, just a cold? Hey,
8: George, the doctor said it was nothing serious. The doctor?
7: Was the doctor here?
8: Well, I thought he'd better look at her. It's
7: this old drafty house. It's no wonder we don't all have pneumonia. We might as well be living in a refrigerator. Why did we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's happened? Everything's happened. You call this a happy family. Why do we have to have all these kids?
6: Daddy, how do you spell Frankenstein?
7: I don't know how you spell. You ask your mother. Where are you going? Upstairs to see Zuzu.
8: Hello? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. I'm sure she'll be all right. Who's that? Uh, Zuzu schoolteacher. What? Oh, yes, the doctor says she'll be fine tomorrow. Here,
7: give me that phone. George, please. Mrs. Welsh. Well, this is Mr. Bailey. Say, what kind of a teacher are you anyway? What do you mean, sending Zuzu home like that, half naked? Do you realize you'll probably end up with pneumonia just because of your stupidity? You know, maybe my kids aren't the best dressed kids in town, but at least. Hello! Hello! Ah! Janie, will you stop playing that lousy piano? I'll cut it out. Stop it!
8: George,
7: for heaven's sake, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry, I'm... Janie, I'm sorry, Mary. I've just got to get out of here.
6: That's it, George. You're short $8,000 in your account, Sam. Oh,
7: please, Mr. Potter, I'll, I'll pay any sort of a bonus. If you still want the building and loan, I... You
6: say it I'll was let... lost. Have you notified the police?
7: No, sir, I haven't done that yet. Harry's home... Oh, why to come to me? And... What
6: about your good friend, Sam Wainwright? I
7: can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe.
6: What kind of security would I have, George? What collateral?
7: Yes, sir, I have some life insurance here. $15,000 policy.
6: Hmm. What's your equity in it?
7: $500.
6: And you want 8000 you once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man crawling on your hands and knees for help? Why don't you go to the riffraff you love so well? Ask them for help. I'll
7: do anything, Mr. Potter, please. Please help me, Miss... Um,
6: my wife and kids... I'm calling the I'm... district attorney. $500. Do you know something, George? You're worth more dead than you are alive. Now get out of here. Get Get out! Oh. And all the time, Potter had the $8,000 in his desk drawer. It's still there, Clarence.
5: But where's George, sir? Where?
6: Well, he went over to Martini's Cafe. He's had a couple of drinks, Clarence. He's just standing there, sort of in a day.
7: Oh, God. Oh, God, dear Father in Heaven, I... I'm not a praying man, but if... If you're up there... And, and you can hear me, please show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. I... Show me the way, to God.
6: Mr. Bailey, you all right? Don't drink any more, Mr. Bailey. Please, you don't feel a good.
3: Bailey, Did you say Bailey? Which Bailey?
6: This gentleman is Mr. Bailey, George Bailey.
3: George Bailey, huh? And the next time you talk to my wife like that, she'll get worse. It isn't enough. She slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. You've got to ball you up. You get
6: out of here, Mr. Welch. You hit my best friend. Get out. All right, um. Mr. Bailey, are you, you okay? Who's that? Mr. Welch, but don't worry. He don't come in this place no more. I'll get something for your face. It's bleeding. I'm all right. But please don't go away, Mr. Mr. Bailey. Please don't me go me away. Well, George left Martini's Cafe five minutes ago, Clarence. He's at the river now, on the bridge, looking at the water. Are you ready, Clarence? All ready, sir. Very well. Save George Bailey's life, and you get your wings.
5: My wings, oh thank you, Joseph. George! George Bailey! Get away from that bridge!
3: You hear me, George? George!
4: George and Clarence are drying off.
3: You both sure you're all right? You, you want a doctor? No, I'm all, right. I'm all right. Oh, I'm fine. This underwear, I
5: didn't have time to get anything more stylish. My wife gave me this on my last birthday. I passed away and you You what, mister? Mm. I see Tom Sawyer is drying out, too. Uh, who? My book.
7: Very your
3: funny. your lips bleeding
7: Yeah, yeah, I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer <laughs> Oh, no, George I'm the answer to your prayer Hey, how, how'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you Well, who are you supposed to be, anyway? Clarence Oddbody, AS2 Clarence Oddbody what, what's, that, what's the AS2 for? Angel, second class
3: <laughs> hey I'm getting out of here. You may not need a doctor, but I do.
7: Here you are, my good man. Hey, look here. Why Why'd you want to save me? Because I'm your guardian angel, George. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Well, you look like about the kind of an angel I'd get. What, <laughs> what, uh, what happened to your wings?
5: But, well, I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel, second class. Oh, I see. But you can help me earn them, George, by... Letting me help you.
7: Oh, I uh, don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you, do you? Oh, no, no, we, we don't use money in heaven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Yeah, I see. Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. <laughs> okay. Oh, cat, cat, cat. far course, I found it out a little late. You know, I'm worth more dead than alive. You mustn't talk like that.
5: Joseph will never give me my wings if you keep feeling that way. You just don't realize what you've done for your folks. Why, well, if it hadn't been for you... Yes, if it hadn't been time. for
7: me, everybody would be better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. Oh, this is not going to be easy. I'd all be better off if I hadn't been born. What did you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. George, that's
5: wonderful. It's wonderful? What? The idea you just gave me. Well, you've got your wish. You've never been born. I've never been born? Exactly. No worries, no $8,000 to get, nothing. You simply don't exist. All right, all right, okay, all right. George, I can do things, strange things. I can show you the world, George, the way it would be if you hadn't been born.
7: Hey, wait, hey, wait a minute, this ear of mine. Hey, say something else in that bad ear. You don't have a bad ear
5: anymore. Oh, I don't think you're concentrating. Oh. Don't you see? You're not the George Bailey you think you are. You're well, uh, you're nobody. Oh,
7: that's the doggone thing I ever saw, that that ear. Your lips stopped bleeding, too. Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey what's, what's happening around here? What is this, anyway? I need a drink. That's what I need. What, what about you, Angel? You want a drink? Well, I, I don't quite know. Come on, I, come on. We'll go as soon as our clothes are dry. Clothes are dry, George. Hey, that's, so they are. That's funny. Well, look... Let's get dressed and we'll stroll over to Martini's and then. Uh, oh, excuse me. I mean, I'll stroll. You fly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have my You don't wings. have your wings, yeah, no, that's no. right. I forgot that I can. couple of drinks and we'll both fly, huh? What'll you have, fellas? Hey, where's the boss? Where's Martini? Look wise, guy. I'm the boss, see? Okay, well, double scotch, quick, will you?
6: What's yours?
5: You know what I just love? Some mulled wine.
7: Huh? Heavy on the cinnamon and light on the cloves. Off with you, my lad, and lively now. Now cut it out. Oh, no, no, come on here. Just give him the same as I ordered. He's okay.
4: Uh, Two double scut.
7: What about this place? It's all changed. All
5: of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. Oh, there'll be lots of things you've never seen before. <laughs> oh, good. Somebody just made it. Made what? Every time a bell rings, it means some angel's got his wings. What'd you say? Ah, uh,
7: look, uh, Clarence, I don't think you better talk about angels around here. Yeah. Don't they believe in angels? Oh, yeah, they believe in them, but you know, it's just a little then thing. Then why should people be surprised when they see one? Uh, don't mind him, bartender. He's just a little fellow. just never grew up. And how old are you anyway, Clarence? Well, next May, I'll be
5: 293.
6: That does it. A couple of pixies, huh? Go on, get your
7: me, get. Hey, where's Martini? Will you stop tell me? asking about Martini? I ain't here, and he. Hey yo, Rummy, didn't I tell you never to come panhandling around here? George, look. Hey, it's Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower. Listen, Mr. Gower, don't you know me? This is George Bailey. You. Yeah. You buy me a drink, mister? Just one drink, will you, mister? Pinky! Yeah, Nick? Throw the rummy out! Oh, no, no, please! Hey, you're... bartender, that's, that's Mr. Gower, the druggist!
6: That rumhead spent 20 years in jail for poisoning some kid! If you knew him, you must be a jailbird yourself! Pinky, here's two more!
5: Get him out of here! Well, get up, George. Good thing he threw us in the snowbank, huh? Where's, where's Mr. Gower? Mr. Gower doesn't know you, George. You see, you weren't there to stop him from putting
7: poison into that prescription. What do you mean I wasn't there? Look... Come on, step on it, will you, Ernie? Get me home. I'm off my nut. Where do you live, buddy? Oh, now, doggone it, Ernie. Don't you start pulling that stuff on me. 323 Sycamore. 323 Sycamore. Yeah, hurry up. I'll put Zuzu's sick. Okay, buddy. Hey, look, Ernie. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm going crazy or something. I got some bad liquor. I, now, look. Tell me this now. You're Ernie Bishop, right? And you live with your wife and kid down you on... You see my wife? What do you mean? I've seen your wife. I've been in your house a hundred times. What do we, we built it for you, didn't we? But my wife took the kid and ran away five years ago, and I ain't never seen you before in my life, see? Okay, Ernie. Okay. Okay. Just step on it. Get me home. Mary! Mary, where are you? Janie, Petey, Zuzu. Zuzu, where are you?
5: This is just an old abandoned house, George. You have no wife. Where'd they go, Ernie? Where'd
3: they go? I, I, I don't know. They just disappeared.
6: Terrence!
5: Oh, Joseph, I hope you don't mind my calling on you like I did.
6: It was very irregular, Clarence. You're by yourself again. Where's George?
5: He's at his mother's house, sir.
6: Well, if George hasn't been born, he has no mother.
5: Oh, he's being very stubborn, sir. He'll just have to find these things out for himself. But
6: his mother, that's a terribly bitter blow to a man, his old mother not knowing him.
5: You mean I shouldn't have let him... I mean you better
6: find him right away. Oh, and stop fighting policemen, Clarence.
7: I'm here again, George. My mother, my own mother didn't know me. If only Harry were here. My brother were only back from Washington. Your brother
5: fell through the ice and was drowned at the age of
7: nine. Well, that's a lie. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport.
5: Every man on that transport died. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. Don't you see, George? You really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it
7: away? Clarence? Yes? Where's Mary? Please, where's my wife? I, uh, I'm i not supposed to tell. Tell me where she is. You're not going to like it, George. Where is she? I'll choke it out of you if I have to. Where's my wife? The library. She works there. She's
5: just about to lock up for the night. So I, uh... George! George! Come back. Oh, there must be some easier way for me to get my wings.
7: Mary. Mary.
8: I'm sorry. The library's closed.
7: Mary, it's George. Don't you know me?
8: No, I don't know you. Let me go. Mary, please,
7: don't do this to me, Mary. Please, help me. Help me. Where, where are our kids, Mary? I need you, Mary. Well, get please. away from me. Help. Help. Help me, help me Mary. I'm George. Mary. <laughs>
6: Terence, Oh,
5: where is he, Joseph? Where's George? I'm afraid I've lost him, sir. You knew you
6: shouldn't have let him try to see Mary. Now they're after him, a mob. They think he was trying to hurt her. Joseph, I won't even get one wing, will I? You have one more chance, Terence. Get over to the bridge by the river. I think George has seen just about enough. But the the mob... Don't worry. They've lost him, too. Now
3: hurry up. Oh,
5: thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Clarence.
8: Clarence! Clarence, where are you?
7: I'm here, George. Help me, Clarence. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Only get me back to my wife and kids, please. I want to live again. Oh,
5: thank you, George.
7: Thank you, boy. I want to live again, please. Oh, God, please let me live again. George? Is that you down there, George? Now so get out of here, Bert. Get out of here. You come in any closer. I'll, I'll let you have it. What the hell are you
5: yelling for, George?
7: Come on. George. George,
5: Bert. Bert, do you know me? No,
7: yeah, I've been looking all over town for you. Where you been? Hey, Bert. Bert. I'm alive
5: again, Bert. You sure you're all right? Hey, your mouth's bleeding. It is.
7: Hey, my mouth's bleeding. Bert, look at, look at the blood come out of there, would you? Uh, and... Zuzu's Christmas bell, Bert. I had it right in my pocket. Here it is. Hey, it's in my pocket. What do you know about? Hey, Merry Christmas, Bert. Well, Merry Christmas. Get in the car. I'll drive you home. You will, Bert. We'll do that. I turn the siren wide open, huh? Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Hey, Merry Christmas, old building alone. Merry Christmas, Mister Potter. Yippee! Come on. Hey, Bert. Come on. Come on in with me, huh?
4: What are the, these
7: people? These reporters! Hey, oh, oh, Merry Christmas, reporters! Hey, Mr. Bank Examiner, Merry Mr. Christmas! Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, eight thousand dollars, I bet, huh?
6: George, I've, I've got a little paper here. I'm oh, sorry. I, I
7: bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't that wonderful? Merry Christmas! Hey, where's Mary? You know? Uh, look at this wonderful old grafty hollow. Shouldn't it wonder? Have you seen my wife? Where's Mary? Daddy, Mary!
8: Daddy, Mary, Kenny!
7: Ken! Hey, Kid Mrs. Janie, Mary. Petey! Hey, oh, I could eat you up. Where's your mother? She went looking for you, Daddy, with Uncle Billy. Daddy. Oh, yeah. oh, Zuzu, my little ginger snap. How do you feel, huh? Fine, Daddy. Not a snitch of temperature. Not a snitch of temperature.
8: Hallelujah! George, George, darling. It's Mommy. Mommy's home. Mary.
7: What is it? We can't open eyes yet, Mary? What's going on here? Now, now,
8: keep your eyes closed. Now, I'll just walk
7: you over here by the Christmas tree and... Well, the people, I hear but lots of people. What, What is it? What people?
8: Just one minute now. We're all ready, Uncle Billy. Come in, everybody. George,
7: look. Just look. Uncle Billy. Money, George. A laundry basket filled with money. Money for you. Mary did it, George. I Mary. Know, I don't understand. What money?
8: What? People heard you were in trouble, darling. These people, your friends, they've collected this money for you. The $8,000.
7: Charlie... Hey, there's Mary there's Martini. Uh, Mr. Gower. Hey, how are you, Mr. Gower? Mrs. Thompson, Ed, Tom. Everybody. Huh? None of us would have a roof over our heads if it wasn't for you, George. Oh gosh, this is wonderful. Hey, Mary, look, look who's coming in. Mother. Hi, Mother. Hey, and Harry. Got Mary's telegram, George. I flew in as fast as hey, I could. Hey, everybody a toast. How about a toast? Oh, good idea, Ernie.
5: A toast. To my big brother, George. The richest man in town.
7: Go
3: the Daddy, my
7: sister. to here, honey. Here's your bell. Daddy,
8: darling, what is on the table here? What is this?
7: Book? <laughs> the, uh, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Oh,
8: Lord, there's something written in it.
7: Dear George, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence.
8: Clarence.
7: Yeah, he's a very dear friend of mine.
8: Daddy, Mrs. Welsh says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings.
7: That's right, Juju. That's right. That's right. Had a boy, Clarence.
4: Had a boy, Clarence. Happy landing.
0: Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're wrapping up the show as uh, Mondo puts the finishing touches on his mall Santa act. Ho
2: ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho,
1: ho, ho. Ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Perfect, Mondo, perfect. Now, what are you going to say when a kid asks you for a PlayStation 5?
2: Uh, uh, well, little boy, uh, we will have to see. Me hope you have been good this year.
0: Uh, c- close enough. Now I'm sure you'll do great, Mondo. You're you're really dedicated to being a good Santa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that that's the most
2: important part, is that an effective Santa, he is has to actually believe that he is Santa, and then the kids, they will believe that he is Santa because he is believing himself, and if you believe in yourself, then you is believing in the one thing that can be believed.
0: Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Get out there and knock him dead, champ. I hope, let's away!
2: He's
1: either going to be the best mall Santa ever or the worst. No in-between.
0: Well, it can't be any worse than when our old lawyer Willie Huckster was one last year so he could pickpocket kids. That wasn't
1: That wasn't great. I guess, but I don't know. I, I'm still not sure. If you want more yesterday today, visit KISU.org or wherever you get your fine holiday podcasts from. You're fine, jolly, merry, whimsical, festive, seasonal holiday podcast.
0: Yeah, join us next week for more government-mandated
1: holiday cheer. Your eyes
0: are soft and glowing.
1: Jack Frost is nipping at our feet. I'll bet your lips are warm and sweet. We've got that holiday feeling, that happy holiday feeling. Let's roast chestnuts by the fire
2: Any little thing you desire
1: Those reindeer soon will be here
6: Won't mean a thing to me, dear
8: When Santa Claus begins his flight
6: I hope he gets a flat tonight
8: We've
1: got that holiday feeling That happy holiday feeling